1: Blog Talk Radio. Hey, gang, it's Todd. This is Blog Talk Radio. Raise the bar. Uh, internet radio here. This is uh, the beginning of season two. My name is Todd Waller. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mike McClure is back here somewhere. Mike, you hanging out back there?
2: No, I left a few minutes ago, Todd, but go ahead without me.
1: Okay, I'll run this thing by myself then, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, it is a beautiful sunny day here in uh, beautiful uh, downtown Plymouth, Michigan uh, Clear blue skies, and uh, my hope and prayer for you is that your day is just as sunny uh, as it is where I am sitting currently um, So season one uh, is behind us, and it's uh, in the can, so to speak Archives are there for everyone to check out and uh, listen to And uh, i got to say, I believe, and, and Mike, you'll correct me if I'm wrong I think the first season was pretty good, don't you?
2: Oh, I do. I think we went into it with really no expectations to how it would go. And uh, the fact that we were able to get the guest list that we were able to get, I still can't quite believe. And looking forward to Season 2 with uh, the people we already have who have committed to appear on the show. And the list just keeps growing. As I tweeted yesterday, Mark Davison, 1,000 Watt Consulting, uh, Alex Chang of Roost, and uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, Dan Rothenmaul, uh, real estate zebra have been added to the list that we that we put together and yeah it's just awesome and i'm especially excited about today's show with chris smith tech savvy agent coming on because of all the buzz he's yep. created
1: no i i agree and you just said that we added real estate zebra do you know that uh if are we going to have to use uh comic sans in the chat room when he joins us
2: well that's to be determined but unfortunately that that may end up the case <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, just have to throw it out there. Comic Sans is a, a fun topic with Dan, that's for sure. Well, um, let's not delay any further. We do have uh, Mr. Chris Smith, or uh, as he's better known on the internet here in the real estate realm, uh, tech savvy agent, um, Mike. What what kind of um, what kind of intro do we have for Mr. Tech Savvy Agent here?
2: Um, well, actually, I kind of wanted to let him tell his own story, and you know, we've cool. got so much to discuss with him and. Um, so many topics that, yeah, why don't we just uh, dive right into it, bring him on, and um, let him tell his own story.
1: Cool. Well, Chris, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us.
2: So, Chris, you know, like uh, like we said a minute ago, uh, we're delighted to have you here. It's It's been incredible how, you know, from my individual perspective, how you've come on the scene in such a powerful way in social media and real estate, and Um, Before we start talking the details about what you do, what you've done, how you've done it, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are personally and and how you got here.
3: Sure. Born and raised in Florida, so I'm a Florida boy from, uh, you know, some would argue a country town, uh, Polk County, right in between uh, Tampa and Orlando. And, uh, you know, went to Florida State University, uh, graduated uh, in five years. Uh, with one of the uh, most prestigious degrees that they offer, which would be uh, sociology. Uh, Little did I know, uh, maybe sociology is more important than ever right now, but, uh, you know, I've always been a hardworking guy, and I think that, uh, you know, work ethic never goes out of style. As far as kind of getting into the actual uh, real estate industry, I was actually hired by uh, MOVE. Uh, slash, you know, top producer slash realtor.com uh, about two years ago, and uh, I figured out real quick that, uh, you know, that there was some need for help in this industry, uh, specifically in the tech and social media space. So, you know, I've done a, a ton of traveling and speaking, and, uh, you know, it all has kind of led to this interview with you guys.
2: Well, that's really interesting. And, and how did you, regarding the position that you now find yourself in, did you kind of see the opportunity and create it on your own, or did they hire you for this slot?
3: No. This, you know, what what I'm doing now with Tech Savvy Agent, you know, I created this opportunity uh, 100%. And and really it's funny. I can go back to my first appointment uh, in Clearwater, Florida, you know, nervous as heck, you know, just got a new job, kind of got out of the training. And, you uh, you know, my goal is obviously to go in and present and, uh, offer products and solutions that help realtors, and, you know, I can really pinpoint <clears throat> my first appointment ever. Uh, I went into a room, and there were about 10 agents there, and I get up, and I'm doing my presentation, and, you know, man, it was feeling pretty good, and they were engaging and laughing, and, you know, about 15 minutes into it, they stopped me. They all kind of had this look on their face, and, you know, the comment that they made stuck with me, and they go... They go, hey Chris, you know, th- this is great. We're really enjoying this, but we already bought everything. We just need help with it. And, uh, and to me that set the tone for the direction that I took from that point forward, which was people buy from people that they like. People buy from people that they feel like help their business. And, uh, and I feel like that is the new sales is just caring and helping people and being willing Uh, you know, to stay longer and to go the extra mile. And, you know, it didn't take a long time for me to see success. And uh, I just realized pretty quickly, man, I'm not going to be able to train every agent that I meet one-on-one, even though that's what I did for a year and a half. I did about 200 two-hour one-on-one trainings for agents to make sure that they understood, you know, the tools that they had available to them. And I was just basically killing myself, so I figured, you know what, I need to figure out a way to scale this, and uh, and I just felt like social media was the right place to do that. Nice.
2: And so was that then the birth of com?
3: Yeah, the, the you know, it's funny, the birth was in Facebook, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, so we were born in social media. There was a Facebook page that was created first, so there wasn't actually... Uh, You know, there wasn't actually a blog for about the first six months. About 18 months ago, I started the Facebook page, and it got real popular real quick. And after I got to about 1,000 fans, I go, man, you know, I'm linking people over to Mashable. I'm linking people over to, you know, TechCrunch and CNET. Why don't I go ahead and obviously put the content on a site that I own? And, uh, you know, we launched the blog about 12 months ago, if anybody looks at the site right now, that site went live about six months ago. We did our first video about eight months ago. So, you know, if people want to know, does this stuff work and can it happen quickly, uh, I'd like to think I'm living proof of that.
2: Oh, I think, you, I think you absolutely are. And, you know, this is the first you've shared with me those particular um, chronological details regarding how long you've been at it and I had you know I just sort of deduced that you've done all this very quickly but that's even quicker than I thought and I have to say that you know my hat is is off and I'm just I'm just I stand in awe of what you've accomplished and I'll say that on one hand on the other hand I'll say that I know that this can be done with people who want to crush it like you're crushing it and I think the what separates you from a lot of other people that I see you know who are who are sort of trying social media is you're living it 24-7. In fact, you're the only person I know that I would say I think works harder than I do, <laughs> and I'm kind of mad at you for it.
3: <laughs>
2: but we'll talk yeah, about that my, over a day. If,
3: Yeah, and my notes here, uh, you know, about what I kind of wanted to talk about as far as, you know, who is Chris Smith because, you know, my approach, you know, the, the other thing I should mention is that with real estate agents, it's, it's typically all been about them. So, chrissmith.com or, you know, Chris from Keller Williams, right? Well, I don't think that that approach works anymore. I think that you have to become a resource. So, like, I always try to to tell agents, how many of you guys can name the person that founded Google, right? How many of you guys know the guy that started Twitter? So, it's not about the person. It's about creating a resource that's valuable. And I think that that's why I've seen the success that I saw so the first, another quick thing, the first six months, you couldn't figure out who I was on the blog. Our whole marketing campaign was, who is TechSack Agent? And you'd be amazed how many people were clicking on that tab. But that's what you want. You want people to want to know who you are. You don't want somebody to go to your website looking for homes or looking for information, and front and center is a big salesperson's headshot. So, you know, I learned what to do by watching agents do it wrong.
2: I think that's a really uh, valid observation, and I think it's been, you know, I've been in the business now for 20 years, and it's been the way, it's been the way that you just described since I got into it. And quite frankly, I still see it. I mean, I, I, still, I still think it's the predominant method, and this is something that we, we talk about a lot in terms of, what we're trying to do with our company and that we're trying to make it all about the customer and not about the agent. In fact, I'm, I'm just about finishing a blog post, which is called, who is the client? And it's directed at real estate brokers. And I'm asking the question of real estate brokers, who's your client? Is it your agent or is it the buyer or seller? And I think all this kind of feeds back into what you're saying. Um, So, again, to recount what you've said, the the blog has been in existence, did you say, about six months, or did you say about eight months?
3: Our first video that we put up was eight months ago. Our first blog post was about ten months ago.
2: Okay. And then you were named Inman's Blog of the Year, correct?
3: Yeah. We, you know, we won that award and, uh, you know, absolutely felt like we earned it. And I think, again... You know, I think the reason a lot of the agents gravitate to what I'm doing is I'm not a big company. I'm just this guy doing this, right? And, you know, we were up against some pretty stiff competition, uh, and I would say probably most notably when you talk about uh, the big brand versus actually just caring. You know, Coldwell Banker, that's a pretty big company, and uh, they were nominated. And the, the point is it was people's choice. People got to decide who won that award. So you're talking about a Facebook page, Twitter, and blog community of six to 8,000 people that took an award when you would think that Coldwell Banker could just, like, send an email and get, you know, 20% of their agents to vote. But what it comes down to is you have to earn that vote, right? And that's what I felt like we did Uh, you know, the six months leading up to getting that award. So, you know, definitely want to thank Inman again for that uh, and just, you know, really took us to the next level by winning that.
2: Yeah, and congratulations on that. That was huge. And, you know, it's interesting what you just said. I've thought about that a lot where you said that, you know, why didn't Banker just send out an email to its people saying vote for our blog. Here's my theory on that. I just think there are that few people who are leveraging social media effectively. That's my honest answer, and you know, I've been going at this pretty hardcore for about 20 months, and it's funny because the longer I'm in it, the more I realize just how small the population of people are that are actually leveraging social media. Now, you might think that's a negative. I would argue it's a positive for anybody listening to this call, certainly, because what it really means is if you want to get in and work like Chris Smith works, there's going to be results because the competition, quite frankly, is so sparse. Would you agree or disagree with that?
3: I 100% agree. I mean, the thing is, Mike, we can name everybody that's doing it right, you know, on a bad shop teacher's hand, right? So, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, in that environment, it is a good thing because the – the reason I think it would be a good thing to an agent that's looking to learn is that instead of having to try to figure out what these 5,000 people are doing right, you only have to look and see what about 10 people, 15 people are doing in this space and kind of follow their lead and, uh, and execute. And, you know, to, to that point as well, this is not working because it's technology and social media content, and guys like Dale Chumley... And people like Christina Wise and people like you guys are proving that. It's not doing well because we're writing about tech. It's doing well because we're working hard and we're writing about what we love. And I think that really is way more important, uh, you know, than being a part of some big company that, you know, the only thing a consumer knows is, you know, what color they are, right?
2: Well, I I think you've seen our video, right, the one we did where – we went out and did an honest interview on the street with i don't know how many people we ended up interviewing it was over a number of days but basically the main question we asked was here's the top five brands in real estate tell us the difference between them and we literally didn't get a single person and 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 i'm a very spiritual person I actually have my hand on a bible right now and i'm saying i swear we did not manipulate the results in any way The only answer we got other than I have no idea what the difference is between these brands is one guy said this. He said, "Um, Remax, they get 100% of their commissions, right? That was the totality of what we got from talking with, I'll say, 50 people and asking them to name the difference between the top five brands in real estate. And that just gets right to your point that if that's true – And we've convinced ourselves, you know, we knew it before we did that. We were confident we'd get those results. But having obtained those results, and then you mentioned someone like a Christina Wise or somebody like us who are absolute no-name brands on a national level and having success with it, it should encourage anybody who's listening or following what you're doing, Chris, to have hope that if they just get in and roll up their sleeves and emulate, they can have the same success.
3: Yeah, well, and, 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 and they can, and it's, not a, and it's not a guess. They're not guessing that it might work. It will work, but it takes two elements, hard work and loving the content that you're putting out and probably also liking people. Like, you know, I, I heard a quote the other day that I thought was pretty relevant. It, it basically was, uh, if you suck at dealing with people you're going to suck at social media, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it isn't this, like, savior for everybody, but if you like engaging with people, you're going to do pretty well in social media. But the other element is that, yeah, I mean, it can be all-consuming. It can be 24-7 uh, if you let it, and you almost have to. And, yes, that was uh, Unmarketing, uh, Scott from Unmarketing, and I just thought it was a great quote.
1: You know, Chris, your, your uh, attitude and your take on what you're doing for real estate agents, I think is um, it, it parallels in many ways a lot of what uh, real estate agents strive to do. So uh, the Internet, uh, and, and past listeners of this show will have heard this analogy before, but the Internet's invented and it hits real estate and, boom, all of the uh, real estate information is out the door and anybody can stare at it which is not a bad problem, but that's a lot of information to sift through. And so one of the stances that I have take as an agent is I'm a data miner and prospector. Yeah, there's a lot of it, uh, information out there, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Consumer. Allow me to help you sift through that to find the good stuff. And what I see Tech Savvy Agent doing, you, Chris, is the same thing for agents. The constant in this industry and in life, for that matter, is change but specifically within technology and how to apply it to real estate holy smokes you've nailed it you're you're saying hey look there is a lot of information out here here's the stuff that is relevant and applies and how to apply it uh to your practice today
3: yeah todd what you just said is brilliant and here's why it's all about aggregating and filtering for your tribe yep that is correct
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. And I would also, Chris, going back to something you said a few minutes ago, um, I've watched you on Twitter, and I see that you're also a fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. And, um, you know, his story, in my opinion, is one of the watershed stories that we can talk about in social media success. I I know you're familiar with the whole thing, but um, for the listeners who might not be, you know, how he went from basically this little guy helping his parents run a wine store mm-hmm. in New Jersey, I think, um and how he grew it up using social media and his wine club T V or whatever it's called. Um and how he just leveraged social media into this little empire that he's created. It's it's just the 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 key word that I get from Vaynerchuk is passion. And you mentioned passion and I think that's a huge part of this. It's you just can't fake this. And I think that's where a lot of people I, I, I hate to be, you know, I hate to be negative at all, but there are some people who are simply never going to have success in social media because they just don't have a passion for it. And I I would say right up front, those are the people I think who shouldn't even try because if you don't have a passion for it, that's going to shine through, don't you think?
3: I mean, listen, you know, there's attributed and attained skills in life, right? And I I don't know that, you know, if I'm a, you know, 49-year-old realtor – that just has never really liked dealing with people, but real estate is what I've always done, I'm not going to all of a sudden like people because I'm dealing with them in a different platform than before. So, you know, now we're going to get into this a little bit. Is there still room and is there still the ability to have success uh, if you don't leverage social media? Absolutely. But guess what you're going to need to leverage? Pay-per-click you're going to need to leverage a different technology. So it, it, it's, it's not that you can avoid technology and social media, but I really just think it comes down to, you know, uh, kind of the, the one pixel away from the consumer. So uh, there's a book everybody should pick up. It's called Six Pixels of Separation by Mitch Joel, very much in line with Crush It uh, by Gary Vee. And, yeah, you know, you can't exactly pop up a video camera on your laptop, talk into the camera for three minutes and not be genuine or it's going to be blindingly obvious. I think the other thing is people have the sense that if you're not engaging in social media, it's almost like people feel like you're hiding something. Yeah,
2: and that also speaks to this whole idea that you can sort of automate the process um you know of social media and i don't and i don't even really want to go off on that tangent because we could talk for 20 minutes just on that and I'll, all i'll say is it's my opinion that automating social media would be like hiring somebody to take your wife to dinner now maybe that's a terrible analogy and um why don't you just give me a 30 seconds or less response to what i just said chris uh,
3: well i think that you're absolutely perfectly on point You know, I think what happens, Mike, is there's a lot of tools out there that automate and syndicate in this industry, and so people just look at Facebook and Twitter and, you know, some of the other platforms is just another place that they now have to syndicate, and uh, you will lose every time if you syndicate to Facebook.
2: Be more specific about that. You're just saying basically put stuff out and not be there to engage when people respond?
3: Well, number one, I mean, when people see a status update that basically is like an RSS feed just coming in where it's like, wow, you know, some guy, you know, at some conference told me that I need to be involved on Facebook, so what can I do to make that easy? And, uh, you know, here's the way I feel about it as kind of a Gary Vaynerchuk quote, but people are treating social media like salt and pepper, and they need to start treating it like the main course.
2: Great analogy. Hmm. Totally agree with that. So, um, you know, we've been talking kind of specifically here, but let's pull back up and take a a higher look down at this entire conversation. And, you know, kind of a simplistic question, but I, I just want to ask it, which is how important is technology in the real estate game these days? Is it the whole enchilada or is it just something people should be aware of? What's your, what's your take on this as objectively as you can give it?
3: Sure. <clears throat> well, I think one thing that you've learned about me, Mike, in the short time that we've met is that I actually love people, you know? I, I mean, I am all about creating relationships with people. So is technology critical? Well, I come from a sales background. Sales is about getting people to like and trust you, and it's also about – How many people do you get in it bad at, right? So where the technology is critical is that you might be, you know, a more caring person. You might actually be a better realtor than me. But if I'm generating 10, 20, 30 times the opportunities that you are, I'm going to close more escrow. So I don't – I mean, I'll tell you this, man. I go all over – I go to this conference called Star Power, and it's some pretty heavy players. I mean, I would say the majority of the agents there are closing minimum of 75 houses a year. There is not one of them that isn't leveraging technology, and the ones that are are still losing their mind and having to work super hard. So can can you sell more than 30 homes right now in a year without technology? I'm going to say absolutely not.
2: That's an interesting statement. And so let's project that forward. Um, How do you see that evolving over time? Do you think we've sort of reached the maturity of this issue so that what you just said will hold true over the long haul? Or do you think as we move into the future, the technology becomes more important and those who fail to embrace will fall further behind?
3: Well, there's a sucking sound happening, Mike. And what it is is it's agents that have done a really good job over a long period of time, and what's happening is that sucking sound is them losing business because they're not keeping up with what's happening on the web. And here's a good number, and, you know, I like to back a lot of this stuff up with data. 12 to 18 months ago, Christina Wise and the Good Life team were generating 90 to 95% buyer leads off of their website today it's sixty forty. so people are now choosing who to list with based on the web presence based on having a social media presence so where do we think that those numbers are coming from where are the listings that they're picking up coming from well they're coming from the agents that closed the deal in oh four and oh three never even got an email, never followed up once. If they did follow up, they sent a sports calendar or a recipe. Meanwhile, people have been losing equity. They're losing their home's value. They go out to the mailbox, and it's another headshot and how to cook a fajita better. So, yes, if you don't embrace the change that's happening with consumers, you're going to be out of the business. Now, Another point to that is if you're getting out of the business in the next two to three years, that's fine. Get the heck out. But if you're not and you plan on being in business five years from today, you need to start taking this stuff real, real seriously.
2: And I I agree with all that. Now, would you give any different of a response if I had asked the same question but inserted the word social media instead of technology? Or were you wrapping those two thoughts together in that response?
3: No, I I think that there's a difference. I really do, because I meet some guys, Mike, that I just absolutely can't have a conversation with. Guys that are, but, but here's what's happening. People are getting into this industry with IT backgrounds. People are getting into this industry that have computer science degrees, and they understand web lead generation. And then what do they do? Hey, they don't even have to ever talk to the consumer they leverage buyers agents right so they're generating leads from the web only using technology not social media and the technology that they're using is allowing them to do a high volume of transactions social media I'm not saying it's critical in the sense that if you're not good at social media you can't still sell homes but what I really want to be clear about is You better be good at one or the other. Even the agents that are, you know, the Jill's in Miami Beach that are the absolute top agents, they're calling me going, we need a blog, don't we? We need a Facebook page, don't we? I mean, you know, the home screen of their website is them standing next to Shaquille O'Neal, but they also understand that they need to have a web presence, right? So technology and or social media are necessary and again the statement that i made i'm going to stick next to you won't close 30 escrow checks in 12 months without leveraging some type of technology
2: you said some really interesting things there especially the part about uh the fact that you're aware of some people who are just you know it people who've leveraged technology to create leads to give to buyer's agents. That's actually a pretty brilliant business concept for the people that have those skills. Um, and not to get off on this tangent, but and you don't know this, Chris, but Todd, on the on the call with us here, Todd Waller, um, I hired him away from a company that did exactly that. They, they basically created web leads to sell to agents, and when I was uh, uh, fortunate enough to, to recruit him away, they had clients in how many states, Todd?
1: Uh, we were in 32 at the time I joined you, joined Professional One.
2: Interesting. Maybe we need to go back and do that again.
3: You need to clone Todd. I mean, one of my things is, you know, a lot of times we talk about Christina Wise, but guess who we're not talking about? We're not talking about Jack Miller, and Jack Miller is her chief, technology officer okay now what I've kind of kind of taken the burden on myself is I want to be a Jack Miller for the whole industry but I'm not going to go in and work 50 80 hours a week in an office with an agent to help them get where they need to be because you know realistically most agents can't afford that so that's why they need to actually learn how to do this stuff and you know I'm sure we'll get into this in a bit but it's, it's of my opinion that it starts with the broker and it trickles down. It doesn't start with the agent and trickle up. And uh, I know that's a whole other topic that we may cover. But, hey, if you're not getting help, you know, if if I have helped your business in the last 12 months more than your broker, find another broker.
2: It's so, 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 so <clears throat> precious for you to say that because um, I've got – I think I think as of this morning, I have 98 blog posts in process, 98 in draft mode, and one of them is based upon a sentence. I don't know who said this. It may have been Christina, but it said something like, if your broker isn't helping you – no, something like, you know, three years ago, brokers were helping you with these things, and I don't recall what the list was – but now brokers should be helping with things like WordPress design and SEO and things like that, And I think that's so true, and I think what you just said is so accurate, that I'd be willing to bet you for ninety eight percent of the people who know who you are and who know what techsavvyagent.com is, they're getting more help for you on, They're getting more help from you on those issues than they are from their brokers. Secondly, you're, you're absolutely correct. I think this is a broker issue in that agents should be aligning themselves with brokers who see this, who understand this, and agents should be learning from those brokers for the very reasons all these other things that we're talking about, that this is the future of the game. And if you're not, if you're not positioning yourself appropriately to, to learn these skills if you don't have them, I think those people are really going to be in trouble in a few years. And I know I'm not alone in that thought. I know you agree, right?
3: I mean, I couldn't agree more. And, again, you know, let me ask you this. Go back to my salt and pepper versus main dish analogy. If technology and social media are truly the main dish, would you be bringing in mortgage people and title people to teach it?
2: Um, Who's doing that?
3: Well, I mean, the brokers throughout the country, they bring in, you know, the mortgage guy comes in and does a class on Twitter. And then the top producer rep comes in and does a class on video. And then, you know what I'm saying? So they're they're bringing in people from the outside because guess what? That's easier. That's easier, right? It's easier than learning it yourself. And the other thing that I hate is the word blog and the word technology, it gives people this instant either yes or no. Oh, I'm not tech savvy. And it's like they just put a line in the sand and they're just never going to step across it. Or, I'm not going to blog because I don't know about blogs. Listen, if you're not willing to do that at the top of the food chain, again, things trickle down, right?
2: Absolutely. Um, To go off on just a tiny bit of a tangent, but I think it's kind of an important question because um, I've deduced from some things you've said. I think I know how you're going to answer this, but I want to hear you answer it. Um, Compare Facebook versus Twitter. In your in your opinion in terms of ROI for people in the real estate space which is better and why
3: that's a great question Mike here, here, here's where I think you have to start if you're doing nothing you need to start in Facebook because again real estate is about numbers and it's about relationships so the perception of Twitter which is a misperception that you actually helped clear up for me is that Twitter is a one-way communication device, right? Facebook is where everybody's communicating and commenting and engaging. I disagree completely, and here's why. When you're in Facebook, it's a group conversation. It's like having a conversation in a hallway where everybody can listen to you. The engagement that's happening in Twitter Is very much peer to peer, person to person. It's a one to one engagement that's taking place there. Not that that's the only way that people engage there, but my, you know, I think what it comes down to with Twitter, hashtags, Mike, what the heck is that, right? What is a retweet, right? You know, what is a tweet? I don't, I don't why would I tweet? You know, I like birds, right, but I don't tweet. You know, I, I think the technology aspect of kind of quote-unquote learning Twitter, I think that that is what keeps a lot of people down. Facebook is where they should start because that's where the majority of the people are at, right? Most people are in Facebook. But here's the other thing, Mike. Go into Facebook right now. I know you're friends with a lot of agents. How many of their status updates end with question marks versus how many of their status updates are statements? Statements don't lead to engagement. Questions lead to engagement. So if you're going to go into those spaces and you're going to engage with your community, you might want to use a few more question marks
2: um all very well said and it's interesting some of the things you said about twitter i'd never thought of because you know to be honest with you i thought twitter was extremely easy to learn Uh, i thought the learning curve was was almost zero but i would agree with you that facebook is even easier um but you know you said there's more people in facebook this is an interesting point you make because there are several divergent views on that and i've heard a number of people at inman events uh, alex chang um the, the ceo of roost um, I've seen him present several times. You know the roost thing, and they've got a they've got their Facebook um, application, which is really cool. But he likes to say there's more people in Facebook, and I guess my view is kind of different. My view is that the, the only people that are in either Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else is your connections, your followers. The point is, it doesn't matter if there's 500 million people using Facebook. If you're only friends with 200 of them then your audience is 200. Am I wrong in thinking that?
3: You're completely right, and that's, that's where I think people get caught up. It's like, again, they put a line in the sand, Mike. They're either on Facebook or not. So the first question I ask when I do my presenting, how many of you guys have a Facebook account? Show of hands. And every hand goes up. How many of you guys have signed up for Twitter at one point? Every hand goes up. I go, Okay. How many of you have leveraged it to create actual business and paychecks for yourself? And guess how many hands stay up? One, two. And guess where they're getting their transactions? By reconnecting with somebody they already knew before. They're not engaging and meeting and, and leveraging new relationships New relationships are great, okay? That's what leads to new business. But if you don't engage, if you don't comment, if you don't hit like, if you don't, you know, put those question marks out there, you're not even giving yourself an at-bat.
2: For sure. Yep. So yep. So what are what are the – if I were to ask you, like, this up top of your head, what are the three or five or whatever number you want to go with? Um, what are the, the three or five big things that you, would, that you do tell people that you would want to tell people who are you know, on the cusp of um, taking a deep dive in social media? Or it doesn't even have to be about social media. Just in the world of Chris Smith, what are the five things that you most consistently tell people?
3: As far as just what they need to be doing? Yeah. Well, the, the first thing is stop selling in facebook stop
1: oh,
2: yeah,
3: trying to sell your properties in facebook because it, it, it's unbelievable here's what happens mike when there's a lot of eyes in one place the first thing a real estate agent thinks is i need to start marketing my homes there if that's where the eyes are that's where i market my homes so stop selling and start engaging your goal with social media If your goal is to make money, you will fail. Your goal needs to be to genuinely enjoy building and maintaining a community. And that's what I feel like I've been able to do with Tech Savvy Agent. So that would be number one. Number two, please look at your website and ask yourself, is this okay? Okay, because the, the challenge that I make to agents Look at your website and then look at a couple other websites. And if you were browsing the web and you wouldn't choose you, fix that right now. That's a big one. <laughs> That's
2: huge. That's a great piece of advice.
1: <laughs>
3: the other thing that I think that a lot of people are missing out on, and this is something where I'm not going to get into the X's and O's on a you know, on an, a call like this, but the ability to build community in Facebook and leverage the ad platform that they have is absolutely second to none. So when you have the amount of data that Facebook has on their users, okay, if I have a pro, like think about on an agent's website, and you click on the form that says contact me. Agents don't get leads through that form, and if they do, they're lucky to get a real name or a real email. Most of them are getting daffyduck at AOL.com, right? They're just kind of wonder what happens if I fill this out, right? right? So what I think people need to understand about Facebook is that they already have collected all the data that you need. They got everybody's email for you. They got everybody's data birth. They actually got people to put pictures of their kids in there. They've even got people updating what they're doing all the time in there. They know where they live. They know what they like. They know where they went to school. They know what degree they got, right? You, As a marketer, if you don't leverage that data, you shouldn't be a marketer.
2: Excellent point. How many is that,
3: Mike? How many is that? I'm getting fired up now. That's three. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. All right. Here's my other one. Stop not blogging, okay? Stop not blogging because when, when people, again, that word blog, okay? Darren Persinger, who's an awesome guy, productivityjunkies.com, we had a conversation where we kind of came up with this analogy. Take the word blog out of your vocabulary and put instead creating valuable content for your sphere, so every time that you say you don't blog, put the other sentence in. Every time that you say you don't have time, I don't have time to create valuable content for my sphere. Well, you also don't have any listings, and maybe there's a correlation. Okay. So I think that would be the other one. The, the, the I, last I think thing the I have comment, to say is, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was just saying. I think the comment that gets inserted right here, Chris, is boom. <laughs> is what is boom.
2: Oh, well, it's interesting because, um, Darren, you're right about that, Chris. In fact, that's, you know, since, since this whole agent reboot tour, which is, which is how I met you. Um, you know, there have been a few statements that various people have made that have really stood out. And the one you just quoted from Darren is absolutely one of those quotes. Interestingly, in Portland, when Darren shared the stage with um, Garen Selikin, who was a very interesting character, um, and we're going to be having him on, uh, he and uh, Jeff Bernheisel on the show uh, here, I think it's next month. But while he was on stage with Darren, and Darren actually made that comment that day, Garen um, said to uh, somebody in the audience who would ask a question about blogging methodology or something, he said this, he said, Maybe if you're not blogging already, you shouldn't be blogging. And I'm with you, Chris, just for the record. You know, I'm – I mean, I live to blog. If I could blog every day, all day long, that's all I want to do from morning to to night. But I would agree with Garen a little bit, I think, which is some people are are born to blog and some aren't. And I think for some people, it really truly would be a complete waste of time because my view is if you don't have a passion to do it, and I think this is what Garen meant – If you had a passion to do it, you'd be doing it, Um, which is not to say you can't learn how to do it, but I just thought that was a very interesting observation that he made.
3: Yeah, it is, and and I think what it really comes down to is, again, if you're going to put the line in the sand and say that you're not going to do it, then you need to figure out what you're going to do on the side that you've drawn for yourself, and again, my suggestion is that you need to start learning about something that's even more complicated than blogging, which is SEO and pay-per-click and SEM. So it doesn't get easier on this side of the fence either. There's a social side of the web, and there's a technical side to the web. And if you don't think blogging and Facebook and Twitter are for you because you can't figure out how to do it, you're never going to figure out SEO and pay-per-click campaigns. You know, God bless you, right? So, you know, I I think that's that's (laughs) just.
2: That's a really that's a really great point because the point you're really making is that choose your poison. You're going to have to do something over here. We all agree that the future of the industry is so heavily weighted in favor of, you know, technology slash social media that you got to do something. And you're right. I think blogging compared to those other things is a whole lot easier and a whole lot easier to Absolutely. learn. Absolutely,
3: and, and that's why I'm doing my classes, Mike. That's why I'm, you know, giving my heart and soul into teaching agents because, you know, I don't feel like they're getting caught again at that broker-in-office level. So if they're going to not do it in the offices, which they're not, I'm going to do it at a national level, and all of a sudden, I mean, God, I can't even imagine the feeling that, I don't even have as much influence over the people that work under my roof as some kid in Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. Do you mind if I ask how old are you?
3: Uh, Turned 31 recently.
2: Man, you're just a kid.
3: Now, here's the other one. Let me me say number five because this one's huge. Number (laughs) five is huge. (laughs) Number five is you need to ask yourself, what is your deliverable? Okay, what are you offering web consumers in exchange for their information? And if it's my listings about me and contact me, forget about it. I tell a story that I'm actually following Chipotle on Twitter. Why? Because they gave me a free burrito, okay? It doesn't have to be a ton, But it can't be nothing. So what if Chipotle would have sent me an email and said, hey, we'd love to have you follow us on Twitter. In fact, if you follow us right now, we'll have one of our salespeople from our marketing department contact you. It wouldn't work. The deliverable on the web is so important and so underused. What can it be? It can be hey, would you like to know what your neighbor sold for and what your home is worth in a scary market? Heck, yeah, I would, right? Or, hey, if you've never bought a home before, would you like to know how the buying process works? Heck, yeah, right? So there needs to be a deliverable on every page of your website that's relevant to someone who's not looking for a salesperson to contact them. I think that's pretty key.
2: I think that's hugely important and I think again that's where so many people in the industry fail is you know going back to the start of the whole conversation it's all about them look at me look at all the houses I've sold look at my listings and when when I look around and I see the people that are really crushing it in social media and real estate and again it is a super short list and I'll just mention a few this list is not all-inclusive but I look at the Nicole Nicolays and mytechopinion.com. I look at techsavvyagent.com. I look at productivityjunkies.com. I look at phoenixrealestateguy.com and and a few others. What do they all have in common? Um, I would say uh, one is they work hard. None of those people are slackers. All of them are, quite frankly, I think workaholics. Secondly is they're absolutely giving information away at least as much as they're trying to take in and in most cases, like particularly you, giving away a lot more. This is actually this actually happened today. Um I stumbled upon um I think it was on your Facebook page, Chris. It was um it was Darren Persinger had a, a post that had a picture of like a faucet and it was about kill your email drip or something like that if you're trying to recruit. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And so I clicked on that, and I went to it, and it was talking about how to recruit agents um, using social media. And I was so drawn in by that that even though I think I could teach that same topic myself, I was so drawn in by the the gift aspect. It was Darren's giving me something that might help me, and he's giving it to me for free. I
3: couldn't resist it. Yeah, here's what it is, and this is going to go right back to Gary Vee's mentality. It's the thank you economy. If you don't give people a reason to say thank you, then you're not giving them a reason to hire you.
2: I, you know, it's somebody, just, you're the first somebody person tweet to explain that. Me. Please. Please. <laughs> Um you're the you're actually the first person that's explained that to me and I assume that's what it meant but you're the first that's actually explained it. And that's genius. I wouldn't expect anything less from Gary Vee, but yeah, that's and that's so simple. It's such an easy and such a powerful concept. I guess we should be thinking, you, you said a minute ago about if every page on your website doesn't have a deliverable, I mean it's kind of saying the same thing, isn't it? If there isn't something on every page that would that would kind of make people say thank you, maybe you need to adjust yeah. it.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah and it, I mean it gets worse mike i mean there 's agents that you can 't search their MLS without giving up your email but meanwhile there 's a little site called Google that can lead me to about eight hundred places where I can search the MLS without giving up my email So I think that we have to realize in this industry that not only is the MLS book gone it 's been gone for about fifteen years, so when you when you lose the leverage. You have to change the way you market. Another great quote from Scott from Unmarketing, this one was classic, you could punch people in the face all day long, and some of them will pay you to stop. But assault is not a good marketing tactic. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's, he's always got some interesting observations, doesn't he?
3: It's unbelievable that the stuff that guy comes up with. And let me give one, I wrote a couple quotes down that I thought, you know, these are things that stuck with me. And if it sticks with me, I'm hoping that it's going to stick with the listeners. The other quote was from Chris Brogan. And, you know, th- the way that he said this, he may as well have been speaking to our industry when he said it. We need to get beyond, golly, we've got tools.
2: Expand on that.
3: Well, hey, we know, everybody now knows that we've got Facebook. Everybody now knows that WordPress has blogs. Everybody now knows that Twitter's out there. Everybody knows that Craigslist exists. Everybody knows that consumers are going to Realtor.com and Zillow and Trulia. So, man, there's a lot of tools out there, but we have to actually start using them and leveraging them properly. So we've got to get beyond this initial hunky-dory that, wow, there are some really cool platforms out there right now. It's kind of like when I show somebody a QR code. They look at it like it's coming. It's not coming. It's here, right? The tools are in place right now to build your brand and magnify your voice. Start using them. Don't just be kind of in awe that they're there.
2: Interesting. Yeah, and I think, that, I think we're sort of at this place which I would describe as um, – Uh, mass awareness as opposed to mass adoption. You know, it's like there's a lot of people, as you just said, everybody knows these tools exist, but, you know, not to keep saying the same thing over and over, but how many people are actually using them effectively? Just it's a a small number. Also, I want to say this. We've got, just so you know, Chris, uh, and you probably know it, but we have eight minutes left. Um, If anybody would like to ask Chris a question, I know we have a few people. Um, There's an 843 Area code, I see with their hand up. Um, Todd, uh, Chris, are you cool. okay with taking a few calls?
0: Yeah,
3: absolutely. And I, I definitely want to also get to uh, to Mike Bowler's question. He wants, and uh, maybe that's him calling, but he wants to talk a little bit about uh, what the video element has done uh, for our site, Tech Savvy TV.
2: Why don't you answer that question before before we move on? Go ahead and yep. answer that question. Yeah,
3: please. A- absolutely. So you know the the thing with video is it's really, in my opinion, not for everybody. So that one I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, it it is not for everybody. But for the people listening that think it's for them, I think it's the most powerful medium on the web. So I don't like to write. I'm not that good of a writer. I like to talk, and I like to film myself talking. And it's natural for me, and it's comfortable for me. And the ability to grow and build your personal brand by leveraging video is insane. If you don't believe me, Ask Dale Chumley. If you don't believe him, ask Ian Watt. If you don't believe Ian Watt, ask Jessica Edwards. So the, the video element of what we're doing, it humanizes us. So people, they, there's a stat that it's like people go to a website for 12 months before they engage. That's not the case when you do video. Video makes people feel comfortable. People come up to me at the end mentors and go, Chris, I saw this video you did like six months ago, and, man, it really stuck with me. Like, even last night, I was listening to, you know, some blog talk radio shows. And then I flipped over to Tech Savvy Agent and I watched a couple interviews that I did on screen. There's a, it's a different ball game when you get into video. And the other thing is that the web is adopting video at an insane rate. So, yeah, does the SEO help? Yes. But what I think really helps is that it makes you approachable it makes people feel like they know you before they meet you, and again, that's going to make them feel more comfortable starting a real-life relationship with you, which is obviously going to lead to listings and buyer transactions. So, I, I would not be on the phone with you right now if video wasn't part of what we did.
2: I totally agree. Right. In fact, we wrote a, a blog post called Video Killed the Real Estate Star, and in that blog post, there's some very interesting statistics. One of which is, and granted, this is now probably, Todd, how long ago was that? Maybe eight months ago or whatever. You know, it's a little bit old. The the data is a little bit old. I'm sure it's changed a bit, but, you know, I doubt it's changed radically. The point is 1% of realtors are using video And yet 73% of the sellers interviewed said that they would hire somebody in part because they used video. So there's this massive opportunity. Also on the Agent Reboot Tour, that was a question I tried to ask every time I gave a, a, a presentation. I just asked the audience, how many of you are using video? And I can recall in Las Vegas, I think there were, I'm not exaggerating, I'm going to say one half of 1%. It was like two people. Two yeah. people and, of- and,
3: and, I mean, there's, there aren't a lot of things, Mike, that you can do that literally put you in the 1% category of what people are doing. And I think when it, what I've been asking agents recently, uh, which really, I think, drives the point home, show of hands, how many of you in the last 30 days have watched a video on the Internet? And every hand goes up. Okay, how many of you have actually uploaded a video on the Internet? And every hand goes down so what we have to address in this industry right now is creating content versus consuming content and agents are real real good at consuming content but they're real real scared about creating content they're afraid of what other people will think and you know what I tell them they'll think you're cool okay they'll think you're cool if you do it go through your Facebook wall how many of the updates are a video? Go to the golf range, hit a bucket of balls, and film yourself hitting balls. Talk about the perception that agents are lazy as you hit the bucket, but also talk about the market and what you're seeing trending. No one is doing something as simple as that, and the cost of entry to video is not.
2: Nope. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we have such passion for it. In fact, I, we have... Right now, I would say we have uh, you know me, we meaning professional one, we have probably, I'm going to say fifty or sixty specifically contemplated videos written out, just waiting to be created because of, you know we're, we're just doing so many things at once. there's only so many things you can do. Also, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Linda Aaron and Deborah Trapp, and Linda just wrote a tweet um, that she's listening to us and that uh she's saying that she thinks her company is right on track. And I just want to thank you guys, Linda and, and Deborah, um, for inviting me out there to Portland to speak because you guys really are on track, and uh, I want to commend you for what you're doing and how you're leading your company because when I look around, and, and especially at the big companies, I don't know anybody who's leading as well as you two are. So my hat's off to you, and I hope to see you guys again sometime soon.
1: Hey, and uh, Mike and Chris, we are uh, coming into about three minutes left in the show here. We've got a hand up. I think it's uh, Chris, uh, Chris's buddy here, Jeremy, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Jeremy had something that he wanted to share with everybody. So let me uh, bring Jeremy on uh, right here. Jeremy, you
0: there? What's up, guys? Welcome. Hey, I just wanted to throw something out, and, you know, Talking all today about all these different ways that Tech Savvy Agent and, you know, that everybody, these leaders in the real estate industry are really doing it and being successful and just crushing it. And, you know, there is a great ebook that was written by Copyblogger, and I would highly recommend that everyone goes and read it. It's about 15 pages long. And I just put a link in the room. It's authorityrules.com. It will absolutely revolutionize the way you think about your real estate business, your online marketing, and, and the ways that you do it. And the the basic major premise of the whole thing is this. We're all an expert on something that we know better than everyone else. Share your authority with the masses of people and let them see that you know what you're talking about, that you're an actual authority on that specific subject, and they will come to you. You don't have to sell yourself anymore. You don't have to try to get them to believe in you they're going to come to you recognizing you know what you're talking about. They're going to say, please, let me hire you. Please, will you work with me instead? And so if that's you awesome. really just take take that premise and that thought and put it into product, in the work, you're going to see a whole different way of doing business online. You know, in that's our awesome. business, that's, that's the way that we do things at 210. We share as much as we can. That's why I love getting on there and guest writing on Tech Savvy and sharing information as much as I can. Because giving that authority out makes people come to me, hire me. I don't have to go through the whole sales process.
2: That's great. Jeremy, I'm sorry to cut you off. We're just down to less than a minute to go. Thank you so much for that information, and thank you for sharing that link. Really appreciate it. And, Chris, I just wanted to give you whatever limited time we have left, and it's literally now under a minute. Um, anything else you wanted to leave the listeners with? And I, before we run out of time, I wanted to thank you. You've been a phenomenal guest, as I knew you would be. Thank you for sharing your incredible knowledge. I don't know anybody crushing it quite like you are. Um, It's been a pleasure to meet you on a personal level, professionally. I have nothing but respect for you, and you now have 42 seconds to
3: go. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it, Mike. And and let let me turn that back around and say what you guys are doing is absolutely critical. So if you're out there and you're an agent, please pay attention to what Mike and Todd are doing. Please pay attention to Christina Wise. Please pay attention to Dale Chumley and Linda Aaron. You know, I think what Jeremy just said is that inbound marketing works better than outbound marketing. But, you, totally. again, you've got to give somebody a reason to want to become an inbound lead. So thank you guys for having me, and I'll come on anytime you want me to.
2: Well, Chris, we've got five seconds left. You will be coming back shortly. Thanks, my brother. We'll talk to you soon. You rock. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Mike. Bye.